you know, I'm a Gemini, so that probably tells you way more than you need to know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh dear. Uh, so the, half the, half the audience has already discredited you right now. Yeah. yeah. Then they got to discredit me because I'm a Gemini too. Gemini power air high five. Yeah, I'm not gonna air high five that. I'm glad that's what you did. High five. He's he's pretending to be cool by not air high fiving me, but he actually did. (laughs) So, welcome to the first episode of Nat Twenty Knowledge, brought to you by most of the Dicey D Twenty crew. I'm Josh, your host, and we've got the master himself, the Dungeon. Queen. Oh, uh, fucking (laughs) call me that. (laughs) The Dicey D20 master, Noah. Well, thank you very much, Josh. Yeah, good to be here. Um, Yeah. I have to introduce everyone else, okay? No, no, sorry, I just wanted to do a little, like, intro. I just want to say Happy New Year. Okay, no, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you're going to be the sab. All right. And uh, coming up to my right here, we got uh, the back alley dungeon master, the one who makes his own rules and doesn't... (laughs) It doesn't even follow them, so... Also known as Baxter from the uh, Dicey D20 Yes, podcast. also plays Fievel from oh, the Dicey D20. Baxter. Justin. <laughs> I love that intro. I uh, actually I, love the, the, the back alley dungeon master. That's so <laughs> fucking apt for you. And I am the, the queen, so yeah. <laughs> These are good so far. Did you write this beforehand? I did not. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> It says back alley dungeon master, and then he has an arrow pointing to where I'm sitting. Like he planned this out. Moving on to our fourth and final host, the back back alley sub he, dungeon master. Okay, no, that was bad. <laughs> uh, a new face to the podcast. New face to the audio podcast. Uh, yeah, new new voice to the audio podcast. Sab's replacement. Um, Sab could not make it. His salary was getting way too ridiculous for this podcast, so we had to bring in cheaper help. Uh, but the creator of the Fievel shirt, actually, and editor of this podcast, so I better be careful what I say about him, because he'll make me sound like <laughs> shit. Uh, Shane, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Hello. Thanks for having me. No problem. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> Did you work on that all day? <laughs> yeah, it's written on my hand. So, Nat 20 Knowledge, it's going to be, uh, you know, we got professional dungeon masters, we got amateur dungeon master, and we got me, guy who knows nothing about anything, really, I don't know. Well, about DMing. Uh, You're pretty knowledgeable about some things. Thanks, man. I need no that today. Yeah, I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is going to be a podcast where we kind of give tips and tricks to future dungeon masters people just interested in the craft you know deal out our our knowledge i'm gonna ask questions dig deep hopefully ask the questions that the listeners have i just want you guys to know it's our way or the highway so if you don't like what's gonna be told on here well uh good luck being a dm yeah no, i, I firmly <laughs> disagree with that you can do whatever the fuck you want uh so this is the first episode will probably premiere on the dicey d20 podcast but it'll probably grow into its own separate podcast just to keep them organized. Sab gets jealous and he's not on the episodes, so yeah. Well, we gotta watch out. He's 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 a cancer man. <laughs> Emotional, you know. Physical. Anyway, I just don't want you guys to be fooled. Our first episode, we're gonna be looking into the building of worlds, world building. Some would say. 
Some would some would say. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna look into how how DMs craft a world, how you should start, what you put in the worlds, and uh, we're gonna go from there. First off, do you guys want to just do a, a quick overview? Describe what world building is. You know. What world building is? Yeah. I'll start off the top here. World building is. Uh, I mean, look. You want to start playing D and D. Like me, if you want to start playing D and D, and your friends, you know, back home, or your friends that you want to play with don't play, then uh, it kind of you, but you by default become the DM because no one else is going to take up that that responsibility. Everyone, everyone wants to have fun and play. You know? Sorry, first question: What if you don't have friends? Then you're fucking shit out of luck, aren't you? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't <laughs> know. You could impersonate to be someone else on the internet. <laughs> Question answered. Please don't Next. do that. <laughs> well, no, I mean that. Okay, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. You're not shit out of luck. I was actually. I was just talking to uh, to a good friend of mine. Um, he was listening to the pod, and he said, "I really want to play D and D, but I'm at school where like none of my friends from back home are. I'm gonna be here for like eight months of the year. He's at uni, right? And yeah. uh, he just went to a local dice shop, local game sh- game store, and they run every like Wednesday or Thursday or whatever it is. They run." intro to D&D for like beginners so you show up hmm. they help you make a character you start playing and you get the feel for it and uh yeah he said he loved it it was super fun he, he was texting me calling me before he was like dude what do I need to know about this <laughs> I was like I don't have time don't. to explain it all to you just go in with an open mind <laughs> don't smoke anything they give you <laughs> uh, there's also there's also sites like Roll20 um you can find games on there I think yeah, uh, yeah. hit Online and miss games. right but yeah Cool. Uh, did I don't know if you described world building. I, we got off onto a tangent. No, no, but world building is kind of. I would I would categorize it as the first step. I mean, for the, the first step of actual D and D. I mean, once you got your friends together, once you know everyone wants to play, um, I would. I, that's when I start world building. I start that first kind of before I do anything else, and it's just the process by which you create the environment and the context for the crazy adventures that you're going to have with your friends and. Uh, World building can be, I know it can be intimidating for a lot of people. I think that's why we kind of thought world building was a good place to start. Not only because it's the first thing that you do, but it's also because a lot of DMs you start out have a hard time. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much. How do I fit it all into a world? So, I mean, it, it comes down to towns, geography, the people yeah. that inhabit them, right? So it's all that kind of stuff. So wh- where do you usually start building? Like just a general overview of what the, the world's going to look like? Do you narrow in on a certain town and then build it from there how do, what's your process so in the uh backstreet dm style uh <laughs> type thing i like to you know start in your alley and then and then you get to figure out the city you know oh. you start mugging people in that alley <laughs> make sure that they know that that is your territory okay. and then you expand after that all right uh, so i'm going to translate that just in case uh, the listeners didn't actually understand what that meant. I don't think you understood. I don't think what anyone understood what that meant. <laughs> Oops. Alrighty. Let's <laughs> let's uh, restart here. <laughs> um, no, what I like to do is so like first off, I create the whole world. So I don't say like like I don't create every single town in the whole world, but I just mean like you paint your big picture. So you're like, okay, there's four massive continents. And you name them. And then eventually you're going to pick out like, okay, my group's going to start off here. And then you could just plan in that one continent for now. Because if you're playing for the whole thing, you're looking at like hours and hours of planning, especially if you're making characters in that in certain towns and you got to make sigils for like knights that roam the lands or villains that are in those lands. It's, It's really like endless and it 
it's kind of limited to your creativity and your imagination. So if you have like a big one, like mine or Noah's, you're honestly going to be spending hours just on a single town. So it's, it's kind of hard to explain in a sense because everyone's different, but in my way, so just like draw out your big map, pick a continent or like at least a region and then just plan for that region. And then, plan missions, make characters, that sort of thing. And then once your group is like past the point of expanding past that region, then plan for that stuff. Like don't overwhelm yourself right away. But what if I want to? I mean, have <laughs> fun. on the highway. You oh, yeah. Right, that sorry. In his intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I introduced him as a guy who makes the rules and breaks the rules. <laughs> is that how you do it? No. Do you also start big or do you do you no, focus on our region? I'm fucking exactly the opposite. And that's, oh, okay. that's, I'm not joking. Like, that's serious. I, whenever that's I started, fine. yeah, whenever I started Worlds, I mean, I was very much, look, I started D&D because I played with a bunch of guys on a field school. And, uh, and then when I came back, I didn't have anyone to play with. So what I did was I read through the player's handbook. I read through the monster manual and I read through the, the DM's guide. And then I just went online and looked for stuff. But the DM's guide is a really good resource. Like, use it, even if you're doing homebrews, because, it basically goes through how to world build, and uh, and for me, that was the best strategy, was just to start small, right? It's good to have your players in mind, so if you can have them created first, that's great. Sometimes it's not always the case, but I like to start with a small town, right? So, for example, I was running this, uh, and still am running this campaign with these level 17, 18, 19. We got uh, like a 20 druid Almost or something capped like that. It. But we, <laughs> but we started out, they started out as level ones, right? They started out with nothing. And so we built this small, uh, village, uh, you know, that's how I started things out. And it was called Rustmoor and Rustmoor is like this small fishing village. It's right on the coast. I kind of painted the geography as like this iron shore with kind of like a temperate climate, large redwood trees. It's a very small village, maybe like 20, 30 people. Guys go out every day and go fishing. The women stay home, blah, blah, blah. There's only one real bar. And then you can start painting characters into that. And then so then a campaign doesn't usually take place from like a small place like Rustmore, though that is where they start. They then move northwards and they ended up in a very much larger city, uh, which is controlled by Duke, uh, what was his name? Darius something or other. Without my notes, I'm fucking useless. But uh, <laughs> we know. But so I start. I start small. I mean, like start with the kind of town you want. You know, is it a tribal nomadic town that moves around from region to region? You know, what region is it? You know, is it Arctic, mm -hmm. swamp, desert, forest, uh, uh, coastal? I'm a fucking. I'm a sucker for the coastal. I think that those have yeah. some of the coolest encounters and then you kind of got to get into uh you know not just the geography but what's the what's the weather like you know if you're, oh wow you know if you're a dm worth your salt you you paint the picture right so it's like you know the sun is shining and the birds are chirping you know that sounds pretty generic but when you when you describe the weather your players can like it sounds so fucking weird but you, they can smell it they can feel it they can mm -hmm. picture it and everyone pictures it differently but you're all on the same page as far as like it's raining the clouds are overhead and in the distance the, the clouds are much darker right like you know everyone's got a, an image of that yeah it helps you get into the into the scene for sure so you start off basically as small as you can as opposed to justin's strategy where he, i mean he's similar he just builds the world out like with a framework and then circles in. So it's, it's almost similar. Now, do you guys find that 
allows you to put more detail into the area. And then when you go to expand, you can focus on those areas more because you already have that small area. Yeah, I find it gives me a lot of ability to uh, to give a lot of context, right? So like if you start small, you're able to kind of build relationships and networks between towns, villages, different people, right? So, like, mm. for example, this small coastal fis- fishing village at Rustmore, it actually provided fish for the larger city, which was somewhat inland, right? Okay. So, you know, and then, you know, when they start talking to the NPCs, one of the NPCs has a cousin that went to the, the big city, but she hasn't heard from her since, so she's worried, right? So when they get there, that's not their main quest line, but it is, like, kind of like an investigation, something that they can kind of, like, look into if they want. If you start small you're never going to be at risk of having an area without context. I think that's the big point. If you start big, mm-hmm. I find it's too easy to leave large blanks of map uncharted. Now, have you ever had it, uh, say, say you, you've crafted all these quests and all these yeah. characters for them to interact with. And then they're just like, fuck it. We're going straight this way. And then yeah, the and very, you're just like, yeah, I didn't plan for this. <laughs> the very first time I was DMing, man, it was, it was, uh, the very first group I DM, which is you guys. Yeah. You know, that was a huge learning experience for me. <laughs> Since then, no. I uh, I love planning. I'm a, I'm a planning dude. I like to plan okay. things out. And I mean, that being said, you know, even if you don't plan everything out, the ability to improvise, the ability to think on your feet and react quickly to the player's decisions is really helpful because then, you know, even if you don't have, you know, the road mapped out between two cities for whatever reason, you know, whether you're just lazy or you forgot or whatever the case may be. Both. It's not that hard for you to fill that in, right? With yeah. with words. And and then as you go, I mean, you're you're making it into law, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't know what the road's like, but you say, you know, it's it's wide enough for a cart and a half with dirt, you know, and there's some stones on the side and, you know, you you hear rustling in the bushes and the trees are swaying in the wind like, you know, your players don't know that that's not scripted. Yeah, and then from then on, that's just what the road is, right? So improvisation mm-hmm. can definitely. So jot that in. down quick. Well, <laughs> when they're not looking, <laughs> that's, I, that's you'll see me furiously typing sometimes, and that's because you know whether uh, it was... obviously uh, all the time. Like <laughs> it's almost like you never have anything planned. You just... <laughs> I hate planning. I said to Josh before this started because I was like, "Yeah, I'm not the DM on this one, so I'm not in charge." And Josh was like. Do you want? Yeah, so let's go over what we're going to be talking about. I was like, no, hit me from the top. I want to fucking go in raw dog style. And it's been downhill ever since. (laughs) Shane is a new DM coming into the the craft of DMing. Is it? Mm. I don't know. That's not eloquently put, but Mm -hmm. it uh, gets the point across. So, because you've only been like what three months into this about that DMing? Yeah, Uh, about six months. Six months. Yeah. Okay. But I'm playing maybe. A year or so. Get off this podcast. <laughs> we were looking for a noob in this too long. <laughs> What's been your experience with building a world? Um, coming into it, I thought I was pretty prepared. In mine, I did not really plan for any gods. I didn't really figure out... Uh, the weather. Weather, something like that. <laughs> Damn it. That's, um, that's planning 101. Yeah. Jeez. Um, like Justin I, plans the weather first, yeah. then he plans the land around it. <laughs> He, yeah. he plans billions of years of weather and then builds the, crafts the rocks that yeah. were formed from that. <laughs> I kind of started with how I wanted the economy to work. In my world that the characters start in, this is a world that has no monsters or creatures or anything that's really a threat. Okay. So I tried to figure out what people living in this world would focus on. And they're really into knowledge, arts, and basically general improvement of life and stuff like that so you built out kind of the 
the uh, ideology of the land then before you fleshed out like the actual land itself. Yeah. No, I think that's super fucking smart. Like okay. I, I like that approach a lot. I think that it's something that not a lot of DMs can do because a lot of us are stuck in the medieval Tolkien-esque fantasy of D&D and not a lot of people are ready to branch out and think too deeply on like fuck what if what if you're in a dictatorship you know what i mean like that can be like that's a thing i've had yeah. campaigns in dictatorships right it completely changes the way that the game works mm-hmm. i've had campaigns where like you know a city is controlled by like a banking clan you know what i mean like they own all the property everyone pays rent to these guys they also own the bank right so like which would change the quests and the like the sure. structures of the houses that yeah. are there because they'd be probably poor houses if you're yeah, in a yeah. dictatorship. Yeah, yeah okay. Let's so, I mean, in, in, you know, the geography for me always comes first, but that's just who I am, right? So I got to have like a, I got to have a plot of land to put my city on. But mm. when you start thinking about the city, and this is a really good segue for that, mm. I mean, Shane's absolutely right. Like, if you don't think about the economy, the political landscape, if you don't think about the the tensions in the city you know like maybe if like think about uh what skyrim white run right no not white run what's the northern one with the nords a bunch of dark elves come in and all the nords are like fuck these dark elves oh uh, windhelm <laughs> yeah windhelm right and so like you know there can be racial tensions right there can be wartime tensions but there can also be tensions just based on you know just pretty nonsensical shit mm-hmm. if you're not if you have to take you have to think of context in the way that you know life is context right D's the attempt to role play but you can't role play if you've only got one aspect of of what real life is like right so you kind of have to manip- manipulate the world so that there's more to it yeah for sure not on uh, what shane said in particular but just to run back to like the whole weather thing um <laughs> Fuck, we're gonna oh he's been, he's been out of it weather. for 10 minutes now <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's just, it's a, it's a really good point because if you think of like our planet earth, like you travel to places and there's different types of like seasons and stuff like that. So it's really cool to add that element to the D and D as well, but it doesn't have to be in the sense of seasons. It could be biomes. So I remember the first time like Noah ran us through a session, we were like in a normal city and all that stuff. And it was like a forested area. And then as we went on, we eventually went into like a sand biome. And then there's like mm. giant scorpions crawling underground, uh, wasps in the ground, just like really cool stuff like that. So whenever you switch biomes, there's a, like a whole new list for creatures that you can make and things that you can find in the sand and different uh, allies out there. And like uh, we were mentioning about the economy, like there, it is harder to live out in like a sand biome than it would be in a forested biome. So you kind of have to integrate that stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, point. to a certain extent, the landscape shapes the people and shapes the ideology, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking about, like, a a civilization, at least in the medieval sense or in the Tolkien sense that lives in, like, a, a desert biome, you're kind of talking about a nomadic people or maybe, a, yeah. you know, not to be stereotypical, right? I'm, I'm not a dick, but, like, you know, tribal <laughs> people. Um, and then, you know, if you're talking about kind of like mountainous regions that are pretty forested, you know, that's a great spot for like a barbarian clan. But that's the thing is that, mm-hmm. you know, you can put these these different kinds of people wherever you want, just allow for the landscape to alter them, right? Yeah. How do they, how do they you know, camouflage their face when they're going on a hunt? Or how do they go and get water, right? Like all these things add so much context and it really depends on the landscape that you're in. 
and let your players explore them because there's so many. Yeah, that's the I guess that's the tough thing as a DM, right? That's probably why I could personally never do it. Don't sell you, yourself short. You're you're no, fair. no. I'm just saying like I'd get annoyed of it. <laughs> but you build, you build this whole world and and these like amazing details, like like the economy. Fucking Tyson McKay would never look into the goddamn economy of, of a world like, but but you've built it out there and it's just a cool like, not an Easter egg because it's actually part of the world, but it, it is kind of like an Easter egg for the players to find and and then to be surprised when you have an answer for them when they're like, how much is this dollar worth to this dollar and then it's like, oh this is <laughs> this is what it is right. I, I I like the detail that you guys put into it allows an endless of possibilities for players, but. Mm. It would be annoying as a DM to just be yeah. like, fuck, I built all this shit and you guys just ran past it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the thing is, like, the more life you breathe into the world, the more living it is, right? Mm-hmm. So if the world's pretty pretty monotone, your players aren't going to buy it. So you got you to gotta breathe some sense of interaction and life in there. And then, and then they eat it up, right? Yeah, which actually I think the more you put into the world, the more invested your players get into that world mm-hmm. and the more likely they are to do the quests that you've put out for them because they're, yeah. they want to explore the world. And mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of DMS skip that part. They'll mm-hmm. go right to the quest line. They, they think, how do I build the quest line rather yeah. than how do I build the world that the quest lines go in? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's important to start, start with the world first. There's no, no doubt about that. I mean, if you have, a, that's not to say that if you don't have a really cool idea for a quest, yeah, and you just know that it's going to take place in a desert. You can't write the quest and then fill in the details later. Everyone's got a different process, but I think more importantly, I mean, what's the most important thing is having confidence in your world. Mm-hmm. And if you take it seriously and you act as though these things are real and you portray them in like a in that sort of light, then your characters are going to see that kind of genuine attitude you have towards it, right? Yeah. You know, when they say like, "What do I see on the horizon?" You're like, oh, "I don't, I don't know." Like maybe a tree or something. I don't know. Like you gotta be like, spiders. Here's what what you see. And this is how you see it. And, uh, and if you give them that, then they'll actually start to interact with it. No, no, I agree. Yeah. I tried to keep, keep it pretty small to, uh, the story I was trying to tell with my players. Mm -hmm. So for example, the city that they started in, I basically made, yeah, I did. They didn't spend a lot of time there, so I, I didn't have to memorize a lot of it. Fuckers! But <laughs> get town, back there. <laughs> There's guards that patrol the whole perimeter. There's no leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I made up the town they started in, and this town's biggest thing that they had was this like light speed monorail okay. that they took to different continents. Oh, wow. Yours is more modern then, I guess? Yeah, like there's cars and oh wow, nice stuff like that. Okay, cool. Nice stuff like that. <laughs> no, no. I've seen some fucking really awesome homebrews and like classes and races and backgrounds and, and also equipment for homebrews that are modern, right? With like mm-hmm. laser weapons and, and warlocks that are kind of like techno warlocks instead of, uh, you know, like a traditional warlock. It's super cool shit. Yeah. I built that and basically planned out different continents that are around. They're immediately transported to another plane, basically. Okay. So this is where I spent the most time, and it's back to there's creatures and pretty typical D&D stuff. Mm-hmm. So I built the places where they wanted to go, where I wanted them to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Was that where they went? <laughs> not at first. They were, oh, they were going off a lot. Okay. But 
I found it kind of hard to start like improvising different places they went. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's the whole thing with Tyson McKay, right? Linking this back to the Dice D Twenty podcast, but mm-hmm. like he can go basically wherever he wants, and then I say I want to go randomly wherever I, <laughs> wherever I go, <laughs> Noah, and Noah goes, "Fuck, I pro-. like he probably has to." I'm not sure if you improvise it or if you actually have like a list of. No, so I have, yeah, I don't want to give away too much, but I do have a list of different planes of existence, and mm-hmm. then I have you roll a dice. I think it's usually a d12. It should be. Yeah, I figured, and but then, you probably don't have them all fleshed out, right? And then um, you kind of have to make a lot of it up on the spot. To be honest, I have I have your drop points usually fleshed out, but sometimes oh, okay. I have those randomized as well, and I, I ask for another roll, right? Mm. And then it kind of depends. But, yeah, you can never do too much planning, and I say that with a word of caution because I mean you obviously can you obviously <laughs> yeah. can overplan, but uh, but more planning isn't bad, just so long as you so long as you can access the information fast. That was gonna be one of my questions. I was gonna ask how many hours would you say you put aside before you start the campaign? Oh fuck, I don't know. Like it depends on how <laughs> complex the storyline is. How many okay. how many times am I mind fucking you? Is my question because if I'm mind fucking you zero. Once, Maybe (laughs) never (laughs) if it's just once or if it's zero. I mean, it really just depends on how complex things are. I've sat down and probably done about 12 hours and felt confident in a campaign. And I've sat down and done like two weeks worth, probably like upwards of 24 hours of just sitting down, like actual writing time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not invested or not, not that I'm not invested in it, but I don't know where it's going. Right. I feel like I need more. Okay. So set aside the time, but don't feel rushed, I guess is what you're saying. No, no. I mean, like, just find whatever inspiration you want <laughs> from drugs and alcohol and then go okay. from there. Right? Uh, what if kids watch this podcast, Noah? <laughs> um, kids, if you're listening, if you find cocaine in your parents' bedrooms, snort as much of it as you can. I think it you cannot, said this on one of the episodes already. <laughs> <laughs> That's my go-to line for drugs. But no, like, I mean, I don't know. If you if this is something that you, you want to take to your friends that you're super excited about, because, man, I, I still get super excited about it. It's something that never gets old. And when I was first starting out, I was super excited about it. So I wanted to do a really good job. And I'm the mm-hmm. kind of person that loves to read and, like, sit down and write. So I'll, 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 I don't even need to plan to do it, though that does help with, like, a busy schedule, um, like, lately. But, um, but I'll just like sit down and spend, you know, whether I want to spend a half an hour doing something or whether I want to spend four and a half hours and like actually plant myself somewhere and write away, then I'll write away, you know, like yeah. it just, and it depends on what your style is. Yeah, no, a lot of it is improv because it's like Shane was saying, like things don't, you plan for all the stuff and it's not, even though you're throwing your players breadcrumbs, they're not always going to bite onto those and follow to the next city where like the main quest is going. They might just fuck off way to the West. And you're like, guys, guys, there is no West. It's just water. (laughs) You're drowning right now. It's a flat earth. You fuckers. I I go North. It's also water. You're on an Island guys. (laughs) So I remember I was running a a storyline for like a group of three and these guys were like really into like pirates and being on the sea and stuff like that. So instead of planning a whole world, I just planned a couple like chains of islands and I made them start off on like a pirate ship type thing. So these guys were like slavers in the bottom on the like the big rows. And that's where they started off. They were sitting beside each other and that's how they started the quest. They just started interacting and they're just like, oh, like, how'd you get on here? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And then the big slaver would come in and be like, hey. 
shot it and then whip them on the back and they'd be like holy fuck okay back to rowing and then yeah so like you could start a campaign anywhere so do you when when starting a world would you say it's probably smarter to start them off in a situation where they i don't want to say they don't don't have free will but don't have as much choice to do whatever they want or do you no no this, guys, is a, this is a really good question because it's actually one that comes up a lot in dm circles and i know people talking well yeah. a lot of people start people off in chains or yeah or like it's locked up common, in jail right? or whatever and is that just because you, they haven't fleshed out the world so they want to keep you as contained as possible until they flesh out that world or no, is that I just think, a, a way that, to start it off no, I don't think that's it. I think the world can still be very fleshed out and people still start off with the chain to the, the cell wall or the, you know, rowing, you know, till you got blisters on your hands or whatever the case may <laughs> whipped in the back, right? Like the whole deal with the whole prisoner start off to D and D is that it creates a com, and this is what I found at least because I've used it. You know, I'm not proud of it, but I used it in the past. You used it in the Dice D20 actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you, you use, you only use it on one. Yeah, the one three players. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm a little bit better than most, I guess. But I don't know the Doubt thing it. about the, th- <laughs> the <laughs> thing about uh, the thing about the prisoner thing is that a it creates camaraderie. So immediately there's a faction. There's us, the prisoners, and them, the people who are imprisoning us. And mm-hmm. no one wants to be imprisoned, so they immediately see themselves as the good guys or the or the protagonists. And, like, breaking out becomes an ordeal. And that can be pretty fun because not a lot of people experience what it's like to break out of prison very often. <laughs> so so that's kind of – that's one thing. Second, I don't want to hate on it, but it is somewhat of a lazy start off yeah. because it absolves the DM of having to, like, actually create an organic interaction for players. Mm-hmm. It's speed dating. It's like yeah. you're thrust in a room, we're locking the door, you have a minute to talk and figure out whether or not this is going to work. That's, <laughs> that's all it is, right? Like, that's, it's the speed My kind of Friday night. <laughs> Look, I, yeah, so that's my thoughts on it. I don't think that it's not viable. I think that you can definitely put cool spins on it, but mm-hmm. I think that in DMing, as you, as you DM more, you evolve, and I think I just evolved past that. We got a little bit off the world building topic. Uh, no, no, but this is good stuff. This is like how to start I mean, a campaign. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, they're all interlinked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to divvy up just sections of D&D and be like, this is what we're learning today and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to pose a question to the other DMs if I can. can uh, yeah, I go that? ahead. Yeah. Uh, have you got them written in the show notes? Cause, no, no uh, I wasn't shown the show nuts. <laughs> show nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's what I'll, I heard. I'll show, show you them right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, so this one goes out oh, God, to... God, put jump. those away. <laughs> To Justin and Shane, because obviously the geography is important. And then you've got your cities and your your people that inhabit them. But one of the biggest things for me, one of the things that I have the most fun uh, deciding about the world that I'm going to run is what the theme of the campaign is. So like Shane's, for example, is like this futuristic, very high tech type of, of world, which is super cool. Ness's is like Pirates of the Caribbean, right? But you kind of you're within certain themes like sword and sorcery, right? Or like uh, horror and and gore, right? Mm-hmm. Or like mystery or, or intrigue, right? Uh, there are different themes that you can apply to your world that totally change the landscape. So I just want to ask these guys like what their favorite one is. Or um, I actually ran a holiday one for uh, my buddy Luke and his his girl. Shout out to Luke. Yeah, if, if you're listening. 
but it uh no it's cool i did a uh like a holiday special type thing so like your standard rescue santa type thing from evil elves that have like betrayed um what if i'm not christian that's okay you can play this anyway Uh, i don't think I don't think I can. Roll your it's rebel dice and we're good to go. It's a holiday campaign, not a Christmas yeah. campaign. Excuse so me, Justin. Fine. We don't want to get fucking shut down first episode. Okay? Oh, my God. It was a Hebrew a campaign. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to the world description. So I kind of like made it like what you would hear from like a little kid's book. So like there was the candy cane forest and there was like rivers of chocolate and that like sort of like Hansel and Gretel theme. Mm. But... Instead of that being like just like the gingerbread house and the witch lures them in, it was the entire landscape. So everything was edible. Mm. But the thing with that was that like things go bad eventually. And there was parts of that world that were like corrupted and moldy. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were like disgusting. So like eventually, like when I first started the campaign, they were like eating everything. And I was like, okay, relax. Like you're going to gain some weight and it's going to be harder to walk. Your speed's going to reduce, like things like that. And they're like, oh shit. Okay. I'm going to lay off the chocolate. They're just like dunking their heads in the river and coming back up. And it's just like swashing out of their mouths. And I'm like, holy fuck. They're going wild. Calm down. So you kind of, you kind of went with like a surrealism. You kind of went with like a, a completely off the books. Yeah, just yeah. just something that yeah, like, as I introduced him, he's a you know alleyway DM. He does whatever the fuck he wants, and and, and you like it. <laughs> <laughs> and the cool thing about that was that like the villains were also like edible type things. So like <laughs> they would chop their le- like their chocolate leg off with a sword, and then he would be like, "I maul at his neck," and then there'd be like a part of chocolate missing out of the guy's <laughs> neck, and he's like screaming, and the rest of them like flee and just like stuff like that. But the thing was, the the longer that they spent time in this world, the more that their body turned into like candy itself. Like mm-hmm. it was like a mutated world. So the longer you spent in it, like the higher chance of you to become one of them type thing. That's cool. I kind of like so, that. So kind of like a, a beautiful outside, a beautiful exterior that's hiding kind of like a dark, a dark thing. You know? Just like mm-hmm. Justin. Just Fuel like Baxter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the inside. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Shane, do you have a, a theme idea? I mean, if you feel like comfortable telling us, yeah. we'll, we'll, we might put it on the Dicey D20, you know? I didn't have <laughs> an overall theme for the one I'm running now, but originally it was going to be kind of a Western. Mm. Um, it's kind of cool. So there'd be like steam-powered trains and stuff like that. But a lot of the energy sources, I wanted to be drawn from like magic and stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. So it turned into kind of like a magical so Western. So like a... What's that? Steampunk. Alien versus Cowboy? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. I like that movie. Where you could get guys saying it's high noon and then everyone runs. <laughs> no, that's a different... <laughs> um, Overwatch joke. That's a cool yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had to, I was figuring out different like aspects of how it would work and like I wanted all magic to be cast from pistols guns. and guns and yeah. stuff like that. I thought it'd be interesting. Interesting, yeah. But it, it evolved into... The one I'm running now. Yeah, that's a cool one. I'd, I'd say if you start up a new campaign with this group, I'd say go with that one again. That that sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah, I'd like to play through that sometime. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'll ditch uh, these these goons and come play with you. <laughs> yeah, some other ones that I've played in, I found that some smaller quests kind of deviated from the theme a bit. Okay, so there was one I played in that turned into a bit more of like a kind of police investigation 
we were trying to figure out. I was in that. Something that happened. <laughs> I played with Josh at the time. I heard your DM was shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he never listens to this. <laughs> um, Not that yeah. anyone asked, but my favorite's horror. But that's okay. We can move on. Yeah, no, no. You, yeah. You've talked about that. We played a horror campaign with you actually well, once. Well, let, let him explain a little bit. We all got to, you know, talk our bunions off here. I think it's Noah's turn to talk his bunion no, it's, off. it's fine. It's fine. No. Uh, look, I, I'm really brief. I love horror. Uh, I hate horror movies, but I love playing horror in D&D because I find it's the only genre, the only theme to a campaign where players actually have to be realistic. Ah. You know, when, you, when you're in fantasy, you know... You mean, you mean you uh, Gnome Bard the Gnome Bard? Yeah, Gnome Bard the Gnome Bard, yeah. <laughs> this is like, a side thing. Uh, sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Noah ran no, us through like, a, a horror quest, and uh, I played Gnome Bard the Gnome Bard. That was yeah. his name in his class, and... Well, that was more of a horror session. That was more of like a one-off for Halloween, I think, that we did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was still... I found most people were trying to play it seriously. Yeah. And then I was just fucking around. Yeah. But, I mean, it worked as a bard, I guess, right? Because bards sure. are... Never serious. Well, not not that they're never serious, but they're a little bit more of a... A little lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. They their Their whole bit is they're supposed to uplift the team, so that's kind of what I was doing, whether mm. I did that through uh, realistic means... Or you, un, unrealistic means. <laughs> you were like the fat, funny guy who yes. was the second one to die. Yeah. I uh, went down a lot. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, you, you did go down. No, but I, I just think that, I mean, with a horror campaign, because it's just the mechanics, right? Like, that's all it comes down to. And if you are good with thematics and you're good with context, then you can make the world as scary and as dark as you want. Um, but because horror has such a a mechanic of like there is actual death and you can actually die. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you encounter something that's frightening, you know, you roll for fear and you roll for insanity, whether short term or long term, depending on the situation, you can just straight up like run away from your friends and leave. And it's like, if I was actually faced with a dude who was like hacking someone limb from limb, I'd like to think that I'd be a good guy and run in there and help (laughs) in that moment with all the blood spraying around. You know, you, you see an artery, you know, given, given it, right against the wall what are you going to do right like so horror horror tends to be the only one that I find players actually have to like realistically think about their safety I find in fantasy campaigns that I have a lot of players will just throw themselves into danger you know they'll pull their pants down and try and pee into a into a ritual bowl that a Yonti is trying to use for savages. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. But if it was horror, you wouldn't fucking dare pull your pants down and whip your dick out. You would be like, shit, I got to think about this because like, I might actually die here. I don't right? know if you know Justin at all. <laughs> so I kind of uh, like the hardcore horror campaigns a lot. No, that was a, that was a cool little tangent. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, some themes to think about for potential DMs if they want to start their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so bringing it back to world building. So one of the one of the things you said to make the world more dynamic and uh alive is using weather techniques you said, right? Yeah. Um are there any other techniques that you guys use to to bring the world alive like characters, uh animals, uh buildings, what kind of what kind of things do you guys use to bring the yeah. world alive? No, that's a good question. NPCs make them unique, right? Nothing can be more beneficial to a campaign than unique NPCs, and nothing can derail a campaign like NPCs. Yeah. You know, your players are like, ooh, that quest line over there? No, I want to talk to this dwarf. 
you know, who runs this tavern. He seems like a dope. He's got one eye, you know, it's that, you know, but I mean, my players oftentimes form very personal relationships with shop owners or with NPCs because they've got a bit, right? Like I used to do this dwarf whose name was Backroth Wyvern Toe. And oh, then, wow. you know, when he, when he'd meet someone, he'd be like, yeah, my name's Backroth Wyvern Toe on account of my large toe. And then, you know, like they just, <laughs> and you know, the guy's kind of like a grumpy old dwarf that doesn't really like anyone, but you know, is very respected. So if you lay down like, you know, a personality and a couple of physical characteristics and their, you know, players have personality traits and then, you know, DMs oftentimes forget to give life to an NPC and like, what do they care about? Do they have a family? You know, are they trying to, are they just scraping by with rent or are they, you know, pretty wealthy and kind of dickish to everyone mm -hmm, or are yeah. they just like a good Samaritan? Like, do they believe in the God of the city or are they kind of not, a, you know, not about that? Do they like the King or do they not like the, right? Like you can give them a lot of life and the more life you give those, just like the world, the more life you give NPCs, the more realistic it is to, you don't feel like you're talking to a wall. You feel like you're talking to a person. Yeah. As a DM, there's no, there's no more fun than creating, uh, there's no better time than creating an, an NPC, which is like absolutely you. Yeah, and for they're, sure. They're all kind of you in a way. Like yeah. each one of them is somewhat your personality just through a different lens. And, uh, yeah, I've been very lucky to play my, my real soulmate NPC for three sessions. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Definitely like, just dynamics that go along with your theme. So for that pirate one, just like in like Pirates of the Caribbean, there's uh, Davy's Davy Jones's like ship. So in mine, I made like a were tiger ship, and these guys were like mm -hmm. the kings of the sea, and the captain was called uh, El Tigre. That's fucking <laughs> sick. Yeah, <laughs> and like literally, like so this ship was not only like quadruple the size of any other ship on the sea but also like the amount of cannons on there and just like their combat skills. Yeah. They just seem like a normal crew, but when you get on there, they all shift into tigers and then you're like, Holy fuck. And then they just, <laughs> they claw you to the death. People will like have heard tales of them and they don't actually have like physical evidence of them. So they, they know what like the ship looks like, but they don't actually know the sigil or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It just like appears as they all shift. So just little cool dynamics like that, I guess. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, myth, that's kind of like myths and legends, right? Like a like yeah, like as you just said, like so creating this legend or myth that's in the world that kind of intrigues the players to find like a Loch Ness monster or a Bigfoot. Everyone's looking for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so like to give them that not not main quest, but give them like a a thing to look out for, or yep. they, like like well, so they're also, always always on their yeah, toes. It's also context. It's context, right? I mean, like every single society town, village, country, nation, continent, they all have a culture and cultures clashing is really cool, but you got to have a culture to have cultures clash. Right. So, um, when, you know, like Ness is talking about this, you know, piracy and El Tigre on the sea and stuff like <laughs> that, you know, it's very much so along the same lines as like a religion or like just True. a state of being, you know, like I've created cities of generally peaceful people who like are not, these were silver dragonborns, I think. And they were just, they were above war. They didn't want anything to do with it. They were kind of like monk-like and, and very much, uh, spiritual in that sense. If you give culture to the NPCs, it's like really cool for players to flip from culture to culture and really see how dynamic it is. Kind of like a, a melting pot. 
Yeah, if you I will. mean, you can have cities like <laughs> right now I'm running a campaign with this large city called Elyon, which is just an amalgamation of all different kinds of people. As a, as four white dudes talk about melting pot. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. the same. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, here's a good one. I'm going to start off with Shane for this one. Wow. Well, listen, you guys talk a lot. <laughs> Shane's talked enough. <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta you gotta bring he it down. Never shuts up. My God, yeah. off the pod, like fuck. Soon you're gonna be passing Sab's word count. <laughs> Building this world and like these regions and these uh, different different NPCs, uh, I kind of want to ask, like, where do you get the names from to craft like your characters and your your areas and your towns? Do you just pull them out of a hat? Do you do you write like a bunch of different words on a piece of paper and then just slap them together? Or... Yeah, there's a lot of just saying a bunch of kind of weird words in my head, kind of see what they sound like, and then try to put that to something. Okay. Um, random generators have helped a lot. <laughs> For characters, though, I've started to like try to put more emotions into them. Okay. So, for example, I have a family. They're called the Angst family. So there's this really angsty teenager who's <laughs> like super bratty and hates his parents. Yeah. So when they encounter them, it's just this huge ordeal based on angst and teenage angst, stuff like that. So you'll name your characters almost after the, well, not kind of like, like, not directly, but like after the emotion or like, yeah, that I want them to kind of portray. Okay. Like I have another NPC that they picked up and is in their party now who's based off bravery. So he's the most, he's also a kid. He's like seven, but he's the the bravest kid you'll ever meet. He's always running in head first and <laughs> into battle and whatever. And he's become a bit of like a problem for them. Cause they're always <laughs> looking, trying to keep track of him and make sure he doesn't die basically. Yeah. Justin, how do you go about like naming like an inn, say, so you had like a tavern or something? How yeah, would you... honestly, just kind of like think back of like, I don't know, just like watching movies, uh, like stuff like Lord of the Rings, like depending on what your theme's on, you could just take stuff from there, but like switch it up a bit. So don't be like, oh, okay, this guy's name is Legolas because like then they're like, okay, so he's a bow master. And then you're like, psych, no, he's actually just really good with daggers, <laughs> like something like that. Or he's like leg legless and he has no legs. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he said he couldn't be a DM, <laughs> but, he's, but he's still got a bow. <laughs> <laughs> so just like I don't know, you could even like yeah, use half of his name and combine it with like, like just something random. So like you could be like, oh, this is Legson, the Axe Master, the Butcher of the Town, or like mm. it, it's just honestly, it's just from like the top of my head. So you just yeah, you just. You don't need any like generators or anything like that. If you if you do, like I'm not judging or anything like that. I'm just he is he does <laughs> always. Fuck you, buddy. Because <laughs> I use generators. Yeah, I'm honestly, not above it. I'm not there, gonna lie to you. There's tons of like um like I'm on the subreddit for Dungeons and Dragons and uh, or D and D. I forget which one it is. Anyway, um, there's tons of posts of people being like, here's a thousand unique NPC players and you go through it and there's like, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I can't even think of any right now, but there's just like, it has their name and then it has like a two paragraph backstory of just to start off with. And, and they've got like these unique traits and like that. So if you, if you have problems, I think going into the subreddit is not a bad idea to find no, names and uh, inspiration. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's all it is really, right? Like, I, when it comes to 
uh, name generators. Fantasy name generators is like my favorite. Uh, I think Emily something runs that site. It's awesome. Um, it's not about like just plucking a name from there. It's about just starting to get the alliteration, starting to get like the flow of the words going, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I want a, a badass, you know, if, if a guy is like a bad guy, I want kind of like a badass name for him. You know, I don't have to name him after his trait necessarily, but you know, like Mulgore is a pretty fucking badass name, <laughs> right? You're not going to name your huge barbarian death knight you know, Daisy, you know, you gotta fucking, you gotta kind <laughs> That'd be of, funny. Like, that could be a bit though. <laughs> it could be a bit. I mean, as far as naming taverns, it's just about putting weird shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the honest, the honest gecko, you know, or, or, the, uh, or the, the, the prancing tiger. Or, what was the one, you know, uh, what was the one in the Dicey D20? Uh, uh, that was the, the iron pick. Iron pick. Yeah. Which yeah. was a mining town, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so name it after your, you know, it can, it has to do with the geography again, has to do with the culture. You know, yeah. is it an upscale bar? Is it a, is it a kind of a dive bar? Right? Is it a fancy restaurant, or you know, are we are we just kind of like selling liquor to people who are underage? Right? And oh. the name can reflect that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I have one called like the Mangy Goat. That's like a really really <laughs> downtrodden bar. Do they and have sex with goats ones, there. I've got other ones like the <laughs> like the the Perfect Pearl and other stuff like that. Like they're just I don't know. They're just more up class, right? So you kind of just use the name generator as a starting point, and then you take yeah, uh, yeah. certain words from the words that they generate and put it into something that could be... Yeah, or if I see... I was like, you know, if I'm making the name of a tavern, and then, you know, all of a sudden I see the word, like, fuck, I don't know, crocodile, and I was like, oh, I didn't think of crocodile. I could call it the salty crocodile, right? And mm, then, you know, that The salty be, croc. Yeah, the salty mm. croc. <laughs> or the salty croc pot, and then call it the croc pot. You know, oh, you get my that, God. kind of get that... that word train going right yeah that's kind of cool. sometimes it's hard to just come off the top and be like okay i've made this whole town but now i have to make a tavern what do i call it <laughs> uh the tavern <laughs> the, yes this is the place people go to drink yeah but what's it called uh there's a lot of people inside they seem to be having a good time <laughs> yeah but like what's the sign say the sign's made of wood it's very very nice a very nice sign actually it looks like it's painted as you walk underneath the sign no no i want to read it and it's like no but it's just the wind's blowing the sign you can't see it it's like roll me a d20 and be proud of the names you roll me a d20 not yeah. 20 it's uh foggy i don't know there there is no sign <laughs> like how like, you know what i like how serious is the world, right? And yeah. if it's not a very serious world, the names can be silly. And if it's pretty serious, it can be pretty serious. Well, it can, it can also... be like the bar from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where it's like the sign, the bar has no sign, so good luck finding it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you could even make it like super direct. Like it, the bar could be called like three hags and a goat and then the thing could be run by like three like sister hags and, and the they, goats in and charge the, yeah and the goat <laughs> sure yeah the, the, exactly. the original manager who they turned into a goat is in charge of the place wow. yeah just like little things like that. watch out guys i'm gonna be creating my own <laughs> podcast <laughs> no uh, i think this has been super interesting um i really like uh hearing about this kind of stuff yeah, I think it's, it's. I mean, hopefully it's a good resource or at least something that's interesting to listen to either for upcoming DMs or even players who are just a little bit more interested in the behind the scenes because, you know, if you do it right, it can all seem so real. And, you know, if it's real to you, it's real to them. So it, hopefully this has been really cool for people who are listening and either wanting to get into it or just wanting to know more. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna open up to the table if anyone has any further uh, knowledge that they want to dump about world building. Anything mm-hmm. I didn't touch because I honestly I've never been through the process, so I don't know mm-hmm. quite what questions to ask. So if I missed anything, okay, um, like right off the top of my head. So in that like ship campaign that I was running, like these guys were slavers, and then eventually like their freedom came from the weather. And people are like, oh, like, what do you mean like that? These 20 foot waves actually like knocked over the ship and like there's a massive storm. And drowned storm. them and freed them from their, their lives. And there was like, <laughs> a whirlpool going on as Ooh. well. So I'm like describing all that stuff. And then these guys are just trying to escape and like swim to land. And they had to roll like strength checks not to get like pulled into the whirlpool. So just like adding those massive weather storms. That can be like anywhere in the biomes. So like if you're in a sand biome, make a tornado, like a, just like a sand twister quick, type quick thing. Sand or something. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good point though, is to like, you can manip- manipulate your world to have an effect that maybe, or to increase the likeliness of an effect that you want, right? If mm-hmm. you want them to escape from the ship, but they're having a hard time, or maybe they're just not going about it the right way, give them a little nudge, right? Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys, for weather, do you already have it planned out in advance or do you, do you roll for the randomness of the weather? Because, I mean, the weather isn't planned, right? So do you roll, say, like, oh, is it going to be a sunny day? Is it going to be uh, rainy? Like, how do you guys play weather? I definitely use pathetic fallacy a lot. But to uh, be fair, who doesn't? What's that? Well, pathetic fallacy is just when the the, the atmosphere matches the mood. So, okay. mm-hmm. you know, if they're pretty down because, you know, the mayor just got kidnapped and they're off to find him, you know? And his wife was brutally killed. Let's say it's a horror campaign, because that's awesome. <laughs> then uh, it's going to be pretty gloomy and dark outside. But if they're okay. off to, like, go get a bunch of money from a quest that they just succeeded on, the weather's probably going to be a little bit nicer, right? I don't know. It's also random, and it also just depends on how I feel that day. So, <laughs> But if he's in a shitty mood, prepare for the tornado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, better hold on to something. <laughs> oh, God. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> okay, so you, you kind of mimic the mood of the, the story. It's a it's an interesting way to play it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys how do you guys feel about the weather? I have also used that trick as well, but like Noah said, it's random. It just kind of like depends on what's happening. I've never you don't really put that much thought into it. You're just like okay, like they're running away from a villain, and then they get outside, and it's storming lightning with heavy rain. Like it's just it's just adds to the, adds the atmosphere. To like, yeah, so. Yeah. If they're trying to run away from this giant imp or something like that, it'll like add an effect of like, oh, okay, I roll a perception check to see where I'm going. But the heavy rain could be something that obscures like their sight mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I usually plan out my weather situations okay. depending on what they're doing. For example, I'm planning a ship battle for them. I want it. It's going to be middle of a storm. So there might be like, maybe there'll be a whirlpool going on. Whirlpool. whirlpool. <laughs> so it's something they have to navigate around mid-combat and okay. i'm gonna have it downpouring so visibility would become a problem mm. that they would have to figure out so it can add to different game mechanics and experiences yeah. okay. friendly fire yeah you, know See, you I- might not think it's like the enemy or their friends <laughs> but just like ah! and then they <laughs> chop open the captain's stomach and then everyone's like i got him <laughs> And then the, the plot changes all over again. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I did not know weather went into this game that much. Um, <laughs> I don't uh, want to talk about the weather anymore. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll just to wrap it up. I think it's, I think it's super cool that you guys, uh, use the weather that way, like just to 
kind stop of your... talking about it. <laughs> stop talking about it. It's just the fucking weather. <laughs> Episode two, we're going to be talking about the seasons of the year. And then uh, after that, do you guys play with seasons? Talk... <laughs> yeah, of course I play with seasons. Okay. It's got to be seasons. Yeah, I I just didn't know. Like we're assuming that whatever material plane they're on traverses through space and you know around the sun i guess what if it doesn't what if there's no sun well then they're in their underdark and they have bigger problems <laughs> <laughs> they're in the nine hells and yeah and there's demons chasing them i don't know i guess you, before you asked about passing you know passing on some wisdom um so like i i just like to leave it off with just like if you think that some shit's really cool then fucking make it and it will be cool and that's how I that's how I gauge all my campaigns for whether or not they're going to be successful. Is like, as a player, would I like to play through this? Does this seem like some dope shit to me? You know. And if it does seem cool, then I'm fucking doing what I'm supposed to do. And if it if it seems lacking, then it's lacking. But I mean, if you have a vision and you think it's going to be really cool, just create it, man. And if you buy into it, if you love it, and you breathe life into it, then other people will too. Okay. So yours is more of a do it you think would be fun, and then stick with that. Self-confidence, basically. You, you. I'm a confident person. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any words of wisdom from you, Justin? Yeah, for me, um, you know, like making your first map is pretty tough. So maybe if you just like start off your first like DM session with like an outlined one. So like one of my first sessions, I went back and actually Googled the Fable One like map. And like, that's perfect because it has ocean. It has all these like different regions where that already have like sigils that are made throughout the game. So if you know a video game or like a book really well, just use a map out of that. And then like you can change the towns around if it's like a pretty big book. So like if you want to use like the Lord of the Rings map, you could just like switch up the names of the regions and things like that. Just like some simple stuff like that, but it'll help you a long way. And that mm -hmm. way you don't have to create. You're, you're not like, oh, like, how many continents should I have in this thing and all that stuff? Like, it could already be all planned out for you. And then that way you can focus on making really cool NPCs and making all these little towns and cities that go along with the pre-made world. So it's just like, if you're struggling and if you're not, like, the most creative person, then, like, maybe that's a, a step that you can take as well. Yeah. And there's no judging because, honestly, unless you tell your players, they won't know, right? No, they'll have no idea. Yeah, because players don't <laughs> notice anything that's going on. All the things Noah are telling me is telling me right now. Fuck, I had no idea, and I've been playing underneath him for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he sits, he stands on me, and we play yeah, that I'm way. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Shane. Any last words of wisdom? Yeah, it's uh, pretty similar to Noah's, I guess. Believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah, as long as you enjoy what you're creating i guess and might even just play with your friends or something like that and if they like similar things to you chances are they're gonna like it as well amen yeah, yeah. already already liking you better than sab that guy <laughs> <laughs> all right guys cry <laughs> yeah he, he's he's already crying in the other room over there um all right guys well thanks for joining me for the first uh nat 20 knowledge uh world building series i hope we touched on it enough and i know we went off a few tangents there but it's gonna happen uh, yeah that's, sure. that's 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 D, D. it's yeah. honestly if you can't deal with tangents then maybe you probably shouldn't be a dm <laughs> <laughs> um stick yeah. with being a player and take people on tangents 
Yeah, so I think we're going to kind of keep with this format. We're going to branch it off into another podcast area, but it'll mostly yeah. be the same crew. Uh, we've thought about maybe bringing on potential uh, creators from other podcasts, other DMs, to get different perspectives and different ideas, because even with the three of you, you all have fairly differing strategies and how to plan and stuff like that. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you guys enjoy the podcast, you know, leave us a like. We don't have a Twitter for this one yet, so just follow DiceyD20. Mm-hmm. Like them on Facebook. Yeah, uh, shoot us messages about what you guys want to hear about, whether it's yeah. you know quest building or NPC creation, helping characters create, you know, their their player characters, helping, uh, uh, you know, your your storylines along, um, anything like that. You know, mechanics is another big thing that people have questions about. We can always delve into topics like that. So mm. yeah, definitely let us know what you guys are interested in hearing about. Well, yeah. even mechanics, we could go into like player oh, mechanics God, too. Be, yeah, that could that's be <laughs> that. Could, we could break so that down into episodes. like <laughs> dexterity, strength, and then like all all tons of tons of mechanics. This will be the mechanics podcast for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, well, if you have any if you have any pressing issues, uh, you're a DM currently and you're stuck in a uh, not sure where to go. F- for sure, tweet out uh, at us and hopefully we can help you there. And then maybe we'll bring it into the podcast. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, any problems you've encountered would be interesting to hear how different DMs might deal with it. For sure, yeah. And if if you want to go into more detail, uh, maybe we'll post a like an email that you guys can just email us like more detailed questions, more detailed s- scenarios, right? And we can we can dive into them. Maybe that could be our closeout segment kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. It'd be really awesome to hear people's funniest stories, people's weirdest <laughs> stories, people's worst times DMing, you know, yeah. whether it was ruined by a character, ruined by, you know, lack of planning, or they or, couldn't improvise, or they didn't know what to do. Even even players' perspectives, like uh, having a bad DM, having a good DM, what they what players like from a DM. Uh, if you guys want to send us that, that'd be awesome as well. Cool, um, cool. So, as for now, follow us on Twitter, DiceyD20, Facebook, DiceyD20, if you want, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, this has been Josh. I've been your host. Yeah, we'll Noah, see you. DM of the Dicey D twenty. Yeah, we know we know that. No, no, sorry. I just, <laughs> need, to, I just need to say it a lot. He strokes his ego a lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> where the confidence comes from. Yeah, and we got the the back alley DM Justin. Yeah, Justin, also known as Fievel or Baxter or Buzz or, or Buzz. It. Yeah, whatever you guys want. <laughs> and Shane, the fresh DM. The fresh DM, fresh. the new Sab. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> our our bit was going to be uh, just pretending it was Sab with a different voice. Maybe yeah. instead of bringing in new DMs every week, we could just change our voices up. Oh. Hi, I'm Greg, and then just <laughs> oh, on, maybe on the voice acting podcast, we can like when we talk about voice acting and how play characters. Mm-hmm. That'll be our bit. Maybe we'll yeah, do that. yeah, true. <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you have a good week. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Thanks. See ya.